We have sales reps who are pretty familiar with the commercial real estate and we're getting into residential. So it's really listening to those people who are on the ground, you know, on the ground, drumming up business, you know, the lead gen specialist. What are your conversations like? What are the trends? What are your, you know, our audience, what are they interested in? Um, Because we don't have that as marketers. You know, you can assume, but that's not always the best, you know, protocol when it comes to creating content or just any campaign. You kind of got to know your audience. You're listening to Digital Conversations with Billy Bateman, the demand gen leader source for the latest revenue strategies presented by Chat Funnels. All right, everyone. Welcome to Dig- Digital Conversations. I am your host, Billy Bateman, and today I am joined by Nicole Picaro. Nicole, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Billy. It's nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for this conversation about content and and how we can create really great content and optimize it. Um, But for people that don't know Nicole, I'll just give you a a really brief intro and then Nicole can give you the details. But Nicole is an associate director of creative with a strong emphasis on digital strategy and demand generation at Captive or Captivate. She brings 10 years of experience in design, marketing strategy, and a proven track record of revenue growth. And uh, she's also just really fun to talk to. So we're glad to have you on the show today. And uh, give everyone, you know, that's high level, but tell everyone a little bit about yourself sure. and what you do and about Captivate. Sure. Um, I live in Chicago and I've been with Captivate for about five or six years now. And so I help out a lot with um, the creative, coming up with mock ideas for, you know, the sales uh, dev department of marketing. But I'm also getting into um, demand and lead generation, um, which has been the last year. And it's been a lot of fun, you know, trying to find our audience. um, How do we get in front of them? And um, just trying to, you know coming up with ideas, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work and and going for that. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to share some ideas with you guys. Hopefully it inspires you. Um, and you know, I'm just learning just as much as you are. So I really appreciate you having me here on. Yeah, no, this should be, this should be fun. So, I mean, let's just hop into it a little bit. Um, the last year right. been pretty tough on marketers, uh, yeah. the normal plays, yeah. Some some continue to work, but a lot of them just you had we had to rethink things. Um, so, yeah, you know, how have you incorporated demand gen strategies at Captivate over the last the last year? Sure. So one of the initiatives we implemented at Captivate was thought leadership. Um, and that idea was born again, you know, when things when pivot was the key word to say um, yeah. that was one of our pivots ideas was to really expand our office building to residential. So to give you some background of what that means is Captivate is known for screens and elevators. So imagine you're, you know, in a high rise and you go into an elevator and someone's with you next to you. And it's kind of awkward. You know, there could be like weird sounds, weird eye contact. And that's where the born and the birth of Captivate was, was how can we make an alleviate a little bit of that awkwardness, you know, that 15 second, that 20 second awkwardness for you to look at a screen. And so, you know, thoughtful content, what is that? What do you, what is on that screen? It's thoughtful content, it's ad space. So it's brands allowing them to get to their audience that are riding the elevators. 
And then it's also, there's a portal for the building to be able to communicate to their tenants. So let's say there's a bathroom out on the third floor or there's an event, um, whoever's riding that elevator will then get to know who that building is. Also, if there's any events, whether you're a tenant or just a guest in that building. Um, so it's a, it's a great communication tool and that's what Captivate is. But imagine now you're in an office building and the pandemic happens and now we have to expand into the residential. And so we've been at Captivate and doing this for 25 years. So we have a ground base of 25 years of audience and now we have to expand into a new space as residential, pun intended. And we don't know that audience. How do we attract yeah. that audience? How do we make them know who we are, but also trust us. You know, it's like in the residential space, they already have those brands that they know and to call on that are, you know, on that vendor list. How do we get on that vendor list? And the way that we wanted to be a part of that is to create content that was relevant to this new set of audience that we're not, that we're just learning about and saying, hey, you know, we know what we're talking about. We have 25 years of experience. We have amazing, you know, intelligent people at our company who can create this content for you that would be beneficial to your life to be, you know, what are your pain points? Let's talk about them. And then getting in front of them, you know, through these blog posts, through these thoughtful um, content series. So then when they do have an issue, they think of Captivate as their solution. Um, and so by doing that, we wanted to start with um, thought leadership. Awesome. Awesome. So starting with thought leadership, trying to get into the new market. I love it. So a lot of, a lot of businesses do it. Yeah. And I think if it's done well, like it's a great way to get in there. Um, so how do you go about figuring out what your audience wants and finding out what to write about? Like where, where did you guys start? Yeah. So a lot of it, I mean, I would say two, two starting points is one, listen. And the second one is research. So like I said, we have sales reps who are pretty familiar with the commercial real estate and we're getting into residential. So it's really listening to those people who are on the ground, you know, on the ground drumming up business, you know, the lead gen specialist, what are your conversations like? What are the trends? What are your, you know, our audience, what are they interested in? Um, cause we don't have that as marketers, you know, you can assume, but that's not always the best, you know, protocol when it comes to creating content or just any campaign, you kind of got to know your audience and also, you know, working with the customer success, you know, it's great that they love our product, but why and what works, but also what doesn't, it's just as important to know what doesn't work as to what works. Um, and then also, you know, like I said, the sales reps. So what are, what are those tough conversations that you're having? How can then we create content that really um, solves their problems? And, and it's that listening part rather than thinking, oh, I know what they want and assuming. Um, so once you have all of your, your notes and you're listening, you do your research. So that could be from um, doing Google AdWords, you know, okay, so we can have conversions to Google ads, which is great. So we have a keyword. If you have a conversion, we know that people are searching for that, which is awesome. Um, Google yeah. trends. How do you compare and contrast two different type of keywords? Another one is just doing a manual search of just searching on your own and saying, okay, well, if I was them, what would I be searching and what pops up? Are those, are those guideline, you know, blog posts? Are they lists? 
um, are they how to's? So it's just, again, figuring out fact finding. And then um, also one one tool that I love that I'd like to highlight is the SEMrush um, keyword tool. So SEMrush is an SEM and SEO platform. It has an incredible amount of, of information that could help you, guide you to figure out what your audience is searching for online, um, which has been super helpful for me. Um, so yeah, I would just say listen and research and, you know, having those platforms that can really help you guide you. Because to be honest, Billy, like we were kind of a deer in headlights, not knowing and making assumptions. You know, you just got to take a step back, um, figure, listen, and then also figure out what people are searching for, not making assumptions. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned like, you know, writing how-to guides or lists. Where I mean, I'd imagine you probably tried a bunch of different things, but where did you guys start with what type of content were you guys writing? So I would say in, you know, in the first is the how to's, you know, um, a okay. lot of it had to do, you know, with talking about the pandemic too, like how to communicate with your residents, um, you know, and also talking about, you know, how the pandemic has affected uh, our tenants and residents through mental health and how our screens can help with that. Um, and just the mental health of meaning, like if, if you can't leave your building, you know, if you're in a residential space, it could really have an effect. How can you, how can we provide a sense of communication and community to these residents? And that's where that pain point and that solution of starting that blog point, that's where we started, you know, and then it evolved into, okay, well, let's see what people are researching. You know, people are researching, um, like, what is a digital display? What is a screen? Yeah. Why would I need yeah. one? Um, those real questions that people are, like, actually searching. And so in Sunrise, you know, if let's say you have a keyword, you can see in the magic tool um, part of the platform, you can see the volume, which then really breaks up your assumptions. So let's say you're like, oh, I know that people are asking, like, how do I communicate with my tenants? But they're not, not online, at least. Yeah. You know, so or yeah. or, um, you know, if they are asking, maybe it's not about what the direction that we're looking for. So then how do we reposition it? And that's where SEMrush really helps give the guideline of, here's the volume of what people are searching for to your keyword um, that you're testing out. And again, it's test and trial and error. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's been. So as you're, uh, as you're going, as you're going through um, and optimizing your blog post, sounds like SEM rush. That's a big part of what you're doing. We use it. I think it's a great tool. Yeah. Um, high level, like, once you've published an article, are you going back and optimizing that to try and get as much traction as possible? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, we actually optimize it before the article is published. Mm -hmm. And that's really the goal is to come up with these, you know, again, you're listening to the sales rep to what the trends are. You're looking on social media. You're seeing what people are interested in. Then you come back to the drawing board and you go to SEMrush and you say, okay, Here's what, here's a two or three ideas that I have. Let's see what people are actually searching for and how then we can incorporate Captivate. And some blog posts, Billy, aren't about Captivate. 
we're doing an interview mm -hmm. series where we're now bringing on vendors that possibly could help our audience um, that has nothing to do with Captivate or digital screens. So yeah. um, before publishing any posts, we always will bring it into SEMrush to do the keyword search um, to make sure that we're not like cannibalizing any keywords. So let's say we have one about digital screens, but we don't want another blog post about digital screens. We just want to make sure that they work hand in hand, but they're not competing with each other when it comes to ranking on Google. Um, so yeah. there's just a lot of great insight um, that SEMrush has to offer that we we take into account before even you know talking to the person that we're interviewing, um, or we take an account before we talk to you know a real estate specialist at Captivate, because it's kind of like the chicken before the cart or cart for you know the horse before the cart. You know that phrase, yeah, <laughs> the chicken yeah, and the egg, the sure. egg and chicken. It's like for us, we want to make sure that we have some direction before um, we even start down the process of a blog post, and then we'll write about it. And then we can go into SEMrush and, you know, um, they can give us ideas as to here's how to make your content more readable. You know, here's some links, here's some extra keywords that are relevant to what you're writing about. Um, so it's it's really helpful. Again, it's if you have a team of people doing this, it really, um, you know, makes that level field of, okay, here's the direction of what we're doing. And then everyone's on board because there are so much information out there about what to do. And a lot yeah. of the information conflicts. You know, it's like, oh, well, I read this article. Well, no, you read that article and they're saying two different things. So to me, it's really nice to have that one platform where it's like, okay, this is what we're saying. We're gonna, we're gonna test out a few of the recommendations and see what happens. Um, so it's, it's really helped us, you know, it's benefited our, um, organic page views. It's, you know, doubled. Um, also again, it's just that brand awareness. We want to be in front of those people as often as possible of making people aware that we are in now in that residential space. I love it. I love it. So as you're going through, it's been a long time since I've personally done SEO, but as you're using these tools, are you finding that, you know, we all think like, okay, this is how we're going to outline and organize the article and the keywords that we should, we should focus on to get the yeah. most out of this. But when you go back, you put it through, you have it analyzed. How often does, does the tool, do the tools come back and say, Hey, uh, your assumptions are kind of wrong. Um, and this is what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. It's as simple as spelling. Right. So if you think of the word multifamily, it could either be spelled yeah. one word or two with the hyphen. And it's it's well, I use a hyphen. Shouldn't my audience? And it's that breaking those assumptions down as to no, there's more volume with one word. You know, people don't want to take the time to write the hyphen. You know, so that's that's like the colloquialisms, the the terms. Do you keep that in there? What are people are searching for to just make sure that when they are quickly typing, there's no hyphen, which makes a big difference yeah. in coming up in, in Google search. Interesting. I love it. I love it. And what other, do you have any other stories? We said, that's really interesting because we have a, a similar thing sometimes with yeah. one of our products is a chatbot. Is chatbots one, is okay. one word or two words, you know? Um, yep. I don't know yeah. what we're doing right now from an SEO standpoint, but 
I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's supposed to be one word is the proper way to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if more people when they're searching and go two words. So that's an mm -hmm. interesting point. Um, any other stories? Yeah. So we just re um, created a blog post recently with one of our sales reps who was a property manager. And as you know, property managers are our um, audience. And so yeah. she was writing a story about how to manage your time. And she kept saying residents, residents, you know, manage your time to give the best experience to your residents. Yeah. And when I type in residents, I was getting a little bit of different, you know, it's the, the school, it's like two different schools of thoughts. It's like you, you speak to it, but are people typing? Are they searching for that word? And so I yeah. put residents in the SEMrush tool and I got the craziest results. Like, um, resident evil are you familiar with that i had to google what that meant um or I think <laughs> yeah I yeah that, like, like resident evil village um so a lot of the the keywords that we talk to you know in in business is just so different from what the high volume keywords or people are searching for um yeah so it was just interesting so with that i and also resident meaning like inpatient resident or you know, not necessarily a resident of a multifamily building, and that's where we were looking to to target. You know, so we just switched our strategy from resident to tenant, because when yeah. I put in tenant, that was more so of condo condo tenants. Yeah. How to you know how to make tenants happy, um, how to communicate to tenants. So it's just like that was the line. And and again, it's just like breaking those assumptions. And then, I mean, are you familiar with Resident Evil? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm of the age that uh, Resident Evil was like a pretty big video game back when I was probably, I wanna say middle school, high school. Oh, really? Uh, my friends played Resident Evil, I remember. It's like a zombie game, if I remember right. Um, oh, and then I actually okay. spent some time in commercial real estate, so. To me, I know Did commercial you? real estate speak is it's tenant. It's not resident, you know? Um, so that would make yes, sense to me. Yes, for commercial real estate. Yeah, so commercial real estate it is tenants, but then for residential, is it, what is it? You know, do you call your- Yeah, I think it, it all yes. depends on where where you are, but for the big yep. multifamily, it's, it's generally, they talk about them as tenants, at least internally, you know, when yep. the managers are talking, mm -hmm. so- yeah, no, thank you for that insight. Like, I love, I love hearing that with your background. You know, uh, I didn't realize that you had a background in that too. So that that's really cool. I think when I was a kid, it was more like Mario Kart and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I would just sneak playing it when my brother wasn't around. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I actually we had Mortal Kombat when I was really young. Funny story is my mom did not want us to have that game. I bought it from a kid oh, at school. Okay in the you know play at recess i was like you know, i, I got yeah. scrambled you bought it from bucks. a kid at recess yeah and then we we nice. hid it from my mom and would only play when she was gone um but we had a oh younger God. brother who's about like seven years younger than me who wasn't in school figured out where we were hiding the game because he wanted to play got the game out while we were at school started playing and we were in a world of trouble when when uh, my brother and I got home oh, from sure. school that day. <laughs> but Mortal Kombat, That's hilarious. still a great video game. Still a great game. <laughs> so.
Yeah. All right, not to throw us off well, too much. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good so, stories. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll have to so, look up Resident yeah, look it up. I, I don't know if I ever played it. I just knew what it was. Um, but it. Uh, any other uh, any other insights before we wrap up that that you would like to share with somebody who's who's decided, hey, we're really going to get started on this content strategy. We maybe they've been haphazardly doing it just to do something or haven't been doing anything. What's your one or two pieces sure. of advice for anyone who's decided we're actually going to really do this well? Yeah. So give, be patient with yourself. I would say, you know, obviously you have to figure out your goals. So are your goals to just like where your KPIs are at? Is it like higher funnel? Is it just awareness or like informative blog posts or um, like what are the goals of your blog posts? And also if you're, if you're generating leads, that takes time. So I would just give it to, you know, six months, three to six months to to see some actual uptick, whether that's, you know, you're you're tracking your page views or your your engagement, your social media engagement, linking back to your blog post. You know, it's it's you just have to test, you know, rinse and repeat and then also see what works and what doesn't. And another thing is with blogs is that you have to make sure it's kind of on the same cadence so then your audience knows when to kind of expect it. So we just do yeah. ours once a month just because we started um, pretty new at it. And then also, you know, just other projects and bandwidth. But then when we do have more time, we add a few blog posts within that month, but we still are having that one cadence of once a month to, to keep it consistent. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, okay, Nicole, thank you so much for, for joining me and for sharing yes. your insights. Um, if anyone wants of to reach course. out to you and continue the conversation, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, my email is Nicole. Uh, I'm sorry, it's npecaro. So N-P-E-C-A-R-O at Captivate.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, with that, we'll wrap it up and, and we'll chat later, Nicole. Awesome. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for past episodes, go to chatfunnels.com slash podcast.